Hey there, good listener. Steve here with a quick note. Today's interview and show were recorded before the untimely passing of actress Tanya Roberts. Our thoughts are with her family, friends, and fans. This episode of World Gone Good is in her honor and memory. Hi, this is Mike Pingle, and you're entering a world gone good. Well, hello and welcome. My name is Steve, and I am so happy you're joining me today to share some good. World Gone Good keeps growing more and more worldly thanks to listeners just like you. So thank you for listening, sharing, subscribing, rating, reviewing, and or any or all of the previous ings. I just rattled off. We appreciate you. So you probably know this already about me. Um, I am a child of the 70s, literally. I was born on January 24th, 1970. As such, television played a huge part in my young life. Shows and characters like Steve Austin and Jamie Summers and Diana Prince shaped my growing psyche. And then there was a series about, and I'm quoting here, so don't call me sexist. I'm just quoting, three little girls who went to the police academy. For 110 episodes, millions of viewers tuned in to grab their share of adventure, intrigue, and um, amazing hair. And one of those millions of viewers is here with me today. Mike Pingle is an author, collector, fan, and so much more. He is literally the go-to expert on everything and anything that wasn't is Charlie's Angels. So, Mr. Pingle. Yes. Am I under oath for this? <laughs> no, I, but I... I oh, I, thank God. If, thank you, God. if you lie, make it a good one, as we've learned in the world today. Okay, so... Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So do mm-hmm. you... Here's a here's an overall general question. Do, yes. Do you consider yourself a... Any, Crazy person? Well, yes. Any one of these things and combined. Do you consider yourself a fan, a collector, a connoisseur, an expert, an author? You have so many titles. What do you see yourself as? Um, the luckiest man in the world. Uh, no, all of those. All of above. Uh, it is interesting when people ask me what I do. And I really don't have an answer because I do almost everything. Um, but... I, I always say for money, it's, you know, usually PR or production and for fun is writing books and uh, for a lifetime passion is Charlie's Angels. So let's go way back, my friend. Um, we're probably of the same ilk, probably around the same age, I would think. Charlie's Angels, 1970s. Do you remember the first time you saw it and do you remember what it felt like? Well, it would have been in 1977. Uh, I was living in Fort Ord, California. My father was in the army and we couldn't watch Charlie's Angels here at that time was uh, airing at 10 a 10 p.m. every night on Wednesday night. Sorry. And I was too young. You know, I was I was a young tot, you know, of eight, seven, eight years old. And so I couldn't stay out that late. But um, when 
Cheryl Ladd arrived, who, by the way, is my favorite angel, uh, they moved the show to nine o'clock. So we could watch, my, my sister and I could watch a half an hour of the show at, at nine to 9.30. So we never actually found out what happened in any episode, but um, we got... To- <laughs> We got to watch the first part of it. Um, later on, we got to watch the rest of it. Um, and honestly, the first episode uh, would have been Angels in Paradise, which was the kickoff of uh, Chris Monroe, Cheryl Ladd's character. So I would have remembered that one. But that that would have been, yeah, the first half an hour of that was really good. It was great. It was a great intrigue. We had a very similar upbringing because my mother did the same thing to us. I had to be in bed at 930. So I had the exact same situation as you. Now, let me but, ask but you can this. I, can I say, when we had a yeah. babysitter, we watched more because we would, oh, yeah. we would sneak out, hide behind <laughs> behind <laughs> the sofa and watch the rest of the show and then go to bed. Oh, my God. I've told this story before, but my brother and I, we had to go to um, – synagogue to to temple on friday nights and we'd race home because donnie donnie and marie were on and my mother would we were forbidden from watching tv after synagogue so my brother would turn the tv on and then turn it really really low and we'd press our faces up to the so we could hear them right and then my mother would yell where are you and my brother would turn he'd always turn the tv off too fast and remember how the tv just wouldn't used to go off it would like stay on Mm -hmm. and then slowly go off and we'd be like come on go off go off because it had the tubes in it but um very panic inducing so what did charlie's (laughs) angels what did charlie's angels what was the connection what what was it to you and has been for you well you know at at that point uh i didn't know i was a little gay boy um so i think a lot of it was the the beauty of the angels the what they were wearing who they were you know strong women uh other than that it was the high adventure and of course uh, their characters, because they always, you know, did, they went undercover and they, they became other people, you know, and I, 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 at a young age, wanted to be an actor and I always wanted to play somebody else. So um, those were many of the reasons why, of course, you know, everybody wanted to, uh, everybody wanted to be an angel. Three, two, one. Get some action with the most beautiful private eyes in the world. The girls who do it for Charlie. Work, work, work. Another case, Charlie? Mm. I can hardly wait. A beautiful solution to any crime. Charlie's Angels. And did you start collecting angel memorabilia then? Or was it a later thing? Well, we didn't know what, well, I didn't know what collecting was at the time. But yes, I did purchase a lot of stuff as a kid. I remember going to my grandparents' house and we would go down to the Five and Dime or the Woolworths and we could pick out one thing. And I always would pick out a Charlie's Angels puzzle, which we would all take back to their house and we would put it together. And uh, that's a great memory of, of, you know, a collection. But I still have those boxes still. Um, but later on, as I grew up, you know, even as a teenager, you know, saving like, you know, uh, Tiger Beats and uh, Dynamite magazines and the posters. I, I had like every single poster out. I remember another story when we were going through, my father was in the army and we were going to Germany for three and a half years. We stayed there. And as we're going through the airport, one of the shops had season four with Shelly Hack poster on the wall. And I was like, I, I want that. I want, like, we have to get to the plane. The plane was like leaving like in 20 minutes and we had, a, <laughs> so I couldn't get it. So in my, 
in my room, in my teenage room, there were there I wrote pieces of paper said, this is where season five poster is going to be. And I would just have an empty wall with that little piece of paper. And uh, I didn't get it until like 20 years later, but it's okay. I have it now. Don't worry. Now you kept, you kept collecting yeah. and kept collecting to a point of which my mom wants it's pretty, me to throw it away, I guess. Well, yeah, but it's pretty impressive the amount you have. And and can you talk to us about a little bit of some of the stuff you have? I have – well, I have almost everything, but there's a few things I'm still looking for. And I'll let the, the listeners know. So if they have them in their closet, way back in the closet, they want to pack it up and send it to me, that would be great, great. Quite a, quite a heavenly thank you. Uh, no, but my collection has thousands and thousands of items, con- including photos and record albums and puzzles and dress-up sets and makeup sets and vans and cars. And what else do we have? Uh, a, a, one, of the, one of my favorite things is the um, Rainy Day set, which is uh, has an, a Charlie's Angels umbrella and a Charlie's Angels uh wet you know like a purse which is like waterproof probably not really waterproof and uh uh so that and the dress up there's a dress up kit that has like high heels and and um a purse and you know all these fun things niche things that they made uh it's it's interesting because Aaron and Leonard Goldberg Aaron Spilling and Leonard Goldberg made such such a huge amount of toys on a show that's mainly you know focused for for adults i mean charlie's angels was not really a child driven show um with you know jiggle tv and running around and catching bad guys but um they made all these toys it was like the star wars of the 70s for tv and and uh all these kids were running around with you know charlie's angels puzzles and and games and and uh, target sets and you know we all wanted to be angels have you seen the charlie's angels dolls and adventures charlie's angels Sabrina, Jill, and Kelly. They're Charlie's Angels, and they've got clothes that let you imagine them in daring adventures by day and then turn them into glamorous outfits at night. Charlie's Angels, I have an assignment for you. Charlie's Angels, Dolls and Adventure, New from Hasbro, Dolls, Outfits, and Accessories also sold separately. I remember um, the Ice Cream Man because we... We got in so much trouble because our ice cream man had the card packs <gasps> that had that had that horrible stick of gum in it that was like a piece of wood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, but we would my mom would give us money to go get ice cream and bring her back ice cream and we get her ice cream. But then we get like four packs and we would get and she'd scream at us constantly. We got in so much trouble every time because she didn't trust us because we were so obsessed because there was one or two cards or stickers. Remember the mm-hmm, stickers mm-hmm. that were the first. And there was like one or two stickers that we didn't have. And my friend of mine, there was a Ferris sticker. I remember that I didn't have, and we would lay them all out. And, and we were like, our ice cream man was basically our Charlie's Angels card drug dealer. But That's but I love that your mother was. was upset with you because you guys didn't want to eat the ice cream. You know, right? <laughs> that you 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 went for a pack of cards other than the you know huge ice cream rocket ship thing or whatever. But and she was mad at you for that. That that's kind of funny. Is that funny? Now, this is a show about the good in the world. This is about, you know, finding the light in a dark time or either finding it or shining it. So in all honesty, 
what is the good in being a fan of something? There's a lot of a lot of good things about being a fan of something, uh, and it's funny that you that that that's the the essence of this because I've been doing a show called uh, Collectors Haven, which is my new show I've do, been doing online, and I've been talking to a lot of collectors, and I. I have such joy of talking to collectors because collectors have such joy about collecting. And, you know, people always give collectors a weird kind of like, you're a weirdo, you collect something. But everybody in this world collects something, regardless if they want to say so or not. You know, down to the woman who collects salt and pepper shakers or the, the woman who collects or the man collects, you know, coins or stamps or, you know, so everybody collects something. I just collect a bunch of pink stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> with beautiful women on it, um, you know, and that's that's the joy of it is a community of of meeting other collectors who have the same thing that they love and enjoy and talk about. Um, I always find that that you know, the basis of Charlie's Angels, of course, is the TV series, and watching the show brings joy to me, of course, and everybody else I know who who loves it, and it it's it's a always a, a fascinating thing when I talk to people about, about my collection or they know that I find out that I have a Charlie's Angels collection, they always go, oh my God, I had, or I had, or I had, you know, either there's the lunchbox right, or the right. trading cards or, you know, anything, you know, or, or the, the game, everybody has a touchstone to it or everybody has their favorite angel. And that's the other thing with Charlie's Angels, you know, everyone has their favorite angel. So it's, it's, the collecting is, is just one part of it, which is, I, I find a really wonderful thing and it's really allowed me to, you know, meet some great people in this world who've been my best friends for, for years and eons. And, and those are those, some of those helped me create my newsletter and my website, and, and uh, you know, made me, I guess the Charlie's angels guy that I am the angelologist. Um, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that's the joy of me actually talking to other collectors. And I really, you know, I've, I've been on the other end of a camera and people, you know, not being so nice or being uh, not understanding or not, you know, just being, you know, eh, you know, you're crazy, but we'll look at your collection um, to understanding and talking to collectors and loving and understanding the love of, you know, it's not about the stuff. It's about, the memories and, you know, the people that, that you come ab about with it. And of course, you know, it's, it's great with the actors and actresses and, and whoever's uh, involved with it. It, it. And it keeps, it keeps the memory of live of something that, you know, a, a wonderful, you know, childhood or, you know, lots of people do it because of, you know, that's with their escapism. Um, so it's, it, it, Collecting has a lot of good things to do it. Bad things about it is it takes a lot of money sometimes. So, <laughs> um, sure. you know, and, and sometimes in these wacky days with eBay, you know, you can't get everything you want and you have to understand and breathe and go move through it. Call your therapist that you'll get that walkie talkie <laughs> next time. You know, maybe you, <laughs> You can save more than $200 for it and get it next time and maybe not, but it's okay because there's a light at the end of the pink tunnel that it will finally get to you. I, I believe it. I believe it. Well, listen, when, when I 
asked you to come on here and talk with me, I was very clear that this was not going to be some expose. This is not going to make fun of you. This is not a negative thing. This is a positive thing because I was a huge Bionic Man, $6 million man, Bionic Woman fan, Mm -hmm. like irrationally, even into my adulthood. And I had the opportunity by clear accident that I literally bumped into Lindsay Wagner in Palm Springs. And I actually got to sit and talk with her. And it was like the most magical thing because what she said to me, which I think you will probably relate to and will help us get to this next section I want to talk to you about, which is she said to me, and she's very quiet, soft-spoken woman, Mm -hmm. and she said um, she loved looking at my face while I was talking because she's seen this so many times. She said, I can see your six-year-old face. She said, when you start talking to me about the bionic woman, and I said, and do you, do you like that? Or do you want that? You know, did you like that time? And she said, why wouldn't I like that? And she cracked me up because she goes, you know, my friend, Linda, Linda Carter. And I'm like, well, I don't know her, but do go on. I'm enjoying the story. And she said, um, she said, well, we both have agreed. We love when grown people come to us and smile and start talking to us because we see their childhood face again. And so that's pretty cool, I think. And so on that note, you grew up, you came to LA, and at some point you started meeting the angels in real life. In real life, yes. And that is a beautiful story. Um, yes, and I and I know Linda very well, and and she adores her fans. And what I love about Linda Carter is that she has embraced Wonder Woman into her soul, which was already there, but you know, she is a Wonder Woman with everything she does, and uh she you know, which is amazing that, you know, she it will always be my Wonder Woman, but she, she is Wonder Woman. Um, but yes, when I arrived to Los Angeles, uh, I, I started collecting. That's when I started the second wave of collecting uh, toys. And that's when I met people, met fans, became friends with them. And that's when I decided, uh, well, there, there should be a newsletter. People should know what's going on, what's happening. And... So I did it. You know, I just created that this thing that I've been doing for 25 years. Um, and then I started meeting the actresses. The first one, of course, was Cheryl Ladd, um, which was extremely anxiety ridden. Uh, it was a, <laughs> it was a book signing. Um, and I, I went to the Barnes and Noble and I was in the back. I was pacing. I saw them over there in the corner and. No one was there. And I was just, I was like, is there a martini? Can I get a drink? Is there a drink? <laughs> and so I actually went up and I, I finally got the the nerve. I'm like, come on, you know, they have another half an hour here or whatever. It was an hour or whatever they had left. And I was like, just go, go. And so I did. And I had a packet and I talked to her and I, she had to sign a book. And then literally we, we, we sat there and we, Cheryl and I and Brian Russell, her husband, we talked for like a half an hour and we just hung out and we, we exchanged numbers. Um, and then that has become a 25 year friendship with, with Cheryl. I mean, I've, I've, you know, when she was in Sanese, um, Sandy, I always say it wrong, but, you know, I would stay at their, their house up in the Hills and, you know, and we just, I, I called my bed, that's my bedroom over there in the house. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it, but you, and then, you know, I met, um, then I met, Tanya Roberts was the second one I met and I've been friends with her for 25 years too now. And, um, and, you know, and then of course, and I met, who else? I, did I meet, I think I met, no, I met Shelly last. Then I met Farrah for a brief second at a signing. And then 
a f- I was writing my book and a friend of mine who produced uh, Chasing Farah, um, basically the Chasing Farah was supposed to be based on my book of, of Angelic Heaven. Um, and instead, when they started filming, it went crazy and the focus of the show went someplace else. But I was on the show many times, but that's when I, that's where I met Farah. And Farah came over to my apartment and um, to look at the Ch- Charlie's Angel stuff and the pro arts, you know, her poster and all that stuff. She wanted to find some archival stuff. She wanted to look at all the stuff that they made, basically, and because she was trying to get the rights back to the poster. And uh, Craig Nevius was, came to the house with her. And so he was sitting just watching us, you know, because we were like two little girls, just like, oh, yeah, look at this, taking pictures of that. And she was like taking Polaroids. And, and um, you know, we were just having a great time. And she was like, you know, do you remember this outfit? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's on this magazine. And, you know, and Craig had said that I, I should maybe be her assistant. He just suggested that to Farah. And uh, then they came back to me and I said, I don't want to be I don't want to be Farah's assistant. She'll be yell at me. <laughs> um, you know, you, who wants your idol to yell at you? But anyway, so that's when I met her and then I became her assistant for two years. And through her, I met uh, Jacqueline and Kate. And then the final one was Shelly. I went there for a filming for E uh, at her house, which was fun too. But yeah, I, I've met, I, you know, I, I sometimes say I collect all the angels now too. I've collected all the angels in my life. But, right. but and I'm, I always say that I'm a very blessed person. I'm a very blessed man because I am with these beautiful iconic women who people love and adore and you know it, it's it's you know one day monday tuesday wednesday they could all be calling me texting me or you know it's just it's a crazy world i live in sometimes and i'm very blessed and it's nice to meet your idols and knowing that they're as beautiful and wonderful and down to earth um and it's it's just amazing. I think I've lost the train of thought of this this question, but no, you were you were right on 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 point. Let me ask you a couple questions because yes. I think people would like to know. So when Farah is looking at her collection in your memory, what is her response to it, and what does she think of one person having all this stuff of her? Well, uh, she really looked at the stuff, and she couldn't believe a lot of the stuff that was made. Uh, Pro Arts right. uh, had created and produced a lot of things that, that I, she in her mind was not approved. I don't know if her people approved it. Who knows what happens? Sure. Um, but so that was that. And she, you know, I think with Farah, it, it was a different thing because, you know, she, she kept a lot of her own collectible stuff. Uh, she had a whole archival of her stuff that she had. And, and I think she, she really got the collecting thing. She really got uh, the essence of items that, you know, she what she had used in movies and that and and that kind of stuff as costumes, due to the the huge poster she did in the nineteen seventy six the the red bathing suit, uh, right. she she got it. People was collecting it. People put it on the walls, and and so she she really got that. I mean, I've I've had four angels here uh, to see the collection in, in my apartment. They've come over and looked at it, and and it's really fun watching them. Uh, you know, Cheryl was like, you have a lot of, you have a lot of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there was one time I, I, uh, her, uh, PR person asked me to bring some stuff to the talk and and they couldn't get the rights to release it. But I brought like four bins full of stuff of Charlie's Angels collectibles. I go, okay, girl, you can start, start signing them. And she's like, I'm not signing all that stuff for you. (laughs) 
Like, well, um, hold on. She's here right now. So we're going to let oh, her. Good. So, I'm, Bye, kidding. Cheryl. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, that, that's amazing though. I think that's really cool. And it's really nice when you, there's positive and negative experiences with anyone in life, right? Oh, and we have it. Yes. And we, and we, and right. And we come at things cause we, we come at things sometimes when we're a fan of some things, we come at things when we're an artist, you know, we're coming at things when we're a professional and things we're passionate about. I had the opportunity to work with Joan Van Ark, um, from Knott's Landing. I love Joan. Joan is, she's everything you want her to be. If you've never met her, if she's listening right now, cause she does listen to this. I adore the woman. She is, she is, she, she talks in the, she talks about herself in the third person. That's my favorite thing, which she will own up to. You'll ask her a question like, Hey Joan, do you want to go grab some dinner? And she'll go, well, let me check with Joan Van Ark's schedule. And I'll be like, it's, it's you. Like, stop, just say I or me. Anyway, but yes. she she is so fantastic, and it was just so great to, much like my experience with Lindsay Wagner, um, it's so wonderful when you get that experience and that, you know, you, you question at times of like, you know, I, I, at least I do. Am I coming on too strong right now? Mm. <laughs> you meant so much to me as a child, especially Lindsay Wagner. I was so reserved. My husband was like, oh my God, you weren't even yourself. I said, because I was holding back, not bursting into tears because, and I did tell her this, I did say it and I didn't cry, which is my, I'm the youngest of three kids and I'm, I'm a bit younger than my older siblings on Sunday night. And on Wednesday night, my father would come and watch the $6 million man and the bionic woman with me. And I would sit with him. And as cheesy or silly or as good or as bad as it was, he would sit through the whole episode with me. Mm -hmm. And he preferred the $6 million man because he was more of a macho man, right? But he watched these. And I told Lindsay Wagner that. I said, you are embedded in my psyche as a wonderful thing. And my father's not with me anymore that I got to have with my father. And she was like, thank you. for." She's like, thank you. I said, no, thank you. Like, what are you thanking me for? She goes, no, thank you. (laughs) Sharing that with me. So in that same realm of thinking and in the way we go at things in the world that we are in today, there's a positivity here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something good about everything you're talking yeah. about. And well, that, I think that's the reason why there's so many uh, retro channels now that air all these 1977 yes. 70s TV shows because they're so innocent and nice and sweet exciting but yet they ha- all have a heart and you, yes. you cannot you know sometimes i have me tv you know i'll just flip through channels and i'm like oh oh one day at a time's on or whatever you know some uh, uh, wkrp in cincinnati or charlie's angels or or bonic woman or wonder woman i mean uh, it's it's just you, you get drawn back into that simpler wonderful time of television where there was only three channels we all had the same experience, most of us watching television. I mean, nowadays people are like, oh, have you watched this? And you have to go, what channel that's on? Is that on Netflix? Is that on Hulu? You know, at that time you're like, hey, did you watch Fantasy Island? And everybody watched <laughs> Fantasy Island because we were all did that on Friday night. Uh, yeah. Or was that Saturday? I can't, can't really, I don't, I'm not really sure which day it was, but anyway. Um, you know, because we all had that same experience because we only had three channels. I mean, right. so it, it's it's something that, you know, I feel privileged to. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I just turn on Charlie's Angels and I want to hear the commercials. It's a weird thing. Right. Like I have them, I have them digitally and I have them, you know, on, on DVD and Blu-ray and, and VHS from Japan and everywhere in the world. But sometimes I just want to hear the commercial breaks, you know, which is weird. And I just like, if that's a weird thing, maybe it's just me. Um, it's comfort. It's comfort yeah. food. 
but especially in times like now. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I've, I have a friend who I'm working with books with and designing his books and he's been watching like Matlock and all of these, all these shows. He goes, I just, I can't get enough of them. They're such a great time in, in everyone's life. And it was a lot simpler. It's a simpler time than especially today. So. So we end these shows with three questions. I'm going to fire them at you. Don't panic. They're pretty easy. Oh God. Okay. You can, Oh God. You can answer them regarding in, 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 in line with what we've been speaking about, or you can just say whatever the hell you want to say. So question number one, who inspires you? Cheryl Ladd. Cheryl Ladd inspires me. She's been a touchstone. Uh, weirdly, um, my favorite angel has, you know, there's something that's going on, you know, especially if I'm dealing with something as far as, you know, especially celebrities and stuff, uh, I'll, I'll call her and she always has, she always has the best answers. She does. You can answer this any way you want. Tell me something good. Uh, breathing is really good. Deep breathing is really, really good. Uh, other good stuff. I'm getting Omaha steaks today for my parents. So that's a really good thing. Anyway, and I got, I just got in the Dolly Parton Holly Dolly Christmas album CD. Yes, that's really great. That's really good. Yeah. Get it if you don't have it. Last question is the easiest question to answer. Where can people find you? What are you doing? Plug away. All right. Uh, for me, uh, on social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Mike Pingle. Uh, also, you can check out uh, Collectors Haven TV on Facebook and online. If, if you just want to go to MikePingle.com, you can get all the links there. Go all and see all the books I've done, um, what interviews I've done what stuff I've tried to do that's burned and crashed, but everything, every, everything's a learning curve. So it's, everything's good. Everything's good. Thank you, Mike, for sharing your good with us. Someday soon I need to come over and check out that collection of yours myself. And you can have your security people pat me down when I go to make sure I don't leave with anything. Next time on World Gone Good. Our decisions are like a muscle, you know, like you're starting to exercise. So the more that you start to get rid of things, you get easier. We're going from angels to fairies when, for the first time ever, I'm so excited, World Gone Good goes international with my first guest ever from across the pond in lovely Britain, Kezia Hosking. She's the green domestic fairy and her magic power is helping people find their good through cleaning their path, clearing it too, and organizing toward the future. I hope you'll join me for a good conversation that may just help you tidy your own self up. Until then, be good.